The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It's never just a Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I always bring it for you guys because life is short. We're having fun. We're talking football. It's a teaching tutorial Thursday. Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University is with us. And we're presented by DraftKings because they're awesome. And if you use the code Ross there, the deals they have are ridiculous. $200 in free bets if you bet $1. Unbelievable. DK Sportsbook. Tomorrow we'll have a spread the word winner. And I got so many awesome press passes. I'm getting a bunch more this weekend. How about a little triple header for your boy, Army Yukon. Eagles, Niners pregame, and then in the booth for the Chiefs, the Ravens, Sunday night football. You might have heard of it. I'm excited, and I want to give you guys the press passes. They're very cool. None of your buddies have them. Just spread the word via social media. At Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. I notice when it's new people on any of the platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, sponsor confirmation email winner. I've got Madden's burning a hole on my desk here. And I don't even know if anybody's tried this week. I don't know if I've gotten a single sponsor confirmation email this week. So I'll just give it to my nephew. I don't care. And then the YouTube shout out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Love giving you guys a cameo style shout out that people pay for. You get them for free just by making a comment on the YouTube page. How awesome is that? Almost as awesome as David Bradley, today's patron of the day, patreon.com slash RT Media. We are racking up the patrons, but that's what happens, I think, when you can get all of our even money bets in black and white, all of my Friday picks, all of my press box food grades from Tuckhead J, all of them. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Gosh, I always feel like I'm talking for a long time there. It's only two minutes. Gosh, I'm like out of breath from saying all the things. That it's, only, it's only two minutes. Then we get to Greg Cosell. Greg, I live for this. I live for Thursday mornings, 7.15 a.m. Eastern time. Greg Cosell, we discuss the games. We talk about, we really preview the upcoming games. 
but it's based on what you saw from them the week before. This is not preseason. This is not a drill. This is the real deal. Last week's games counted. The game starting tonight count. I love it. Check out Greg on Twitter, at Greg Cosell. Uh, it's not a huge game, Greg, but it is Thursday night football. It is a game of night. And for these two teams, big difference between 0-2, 1-1. I got to tell you, Greg, I'm very bummed for my buddy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's out for a while after the dislocated hip. That stinks. This is going to be his best situation. Just your thoughts on tonight, Giants, Washington in general, maybe in particular, you know, what, what you've seen from Heineke. He hasn't played a lot, but people are encouraged by some of his uh, – he's kind of fun to watch, Greg. He, he's, he's an enjoyable yeah. – He's entertaining, let's put it that way. Well, he did start a playoff game a year ago, and he actually played extremely well against a defense, the Bucks, that many consider to be one of the better defenses in the NFL, coordinated by one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, Todd Bowles. And I remember from that game very well, he played with pocket poise, he played with composure, he consistently made the right reads, he showed some secondary action movement ability. If you just looked at that game, it's it's a small sample size, as we know, and you did not know who he was, you would say that Heineke played with a desirable combination of pocket efficiency and needed secondary action movement when demanded. So that's all we have, really. That was a full game. He started, he prepared as the starter against a good defense. You know, I said this on Twitter last night, Greg, at Ross Tucker NFL, on some level... He reminds me a little bit of like a younger Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know how Fitzpatrick like in Cincinnati would like kind of run around and make plays. He's got a little Jeff Garcia to him. He's kind yeah. of fun to watch. Yeah, and I think it's it's also an example though, of, and, and coaches talk about this, the difference between plays and players. In other words, does the scheme present the opportunity for the throw or is it the result of the player, meaning a quarterback or a wide receiver, let's say on a back shoulder throw? Uh, I think that ultimately what you want with Heineke is to design schemes that allow for him to see the read and see the throw. As I said, he did show some secondary action ability. The, I'm sure the word that'll be thrown around with him a lot is he plays with moxie. You know, he's one of those kinds of quarterbacks. But it's really going to be designing and scheming offense so the reads and the throws are defined so he can play with efficiency. Absolutely. Okay, let's get to uh, some of these rookie quarterbacks. Two of them play against each other. Patriots against the Jets. And this is the first time, Greg, we got to see these guys play a full game against defenses designed to try to stop them. It's not yeah. vanilla. And – the offenses did what they thought these guys could do best. So what did you see in particular from Zach Wilson and Mac Jones? Well, I thought they both played well. I thought Wilson was in a situation where the offensive line was a bit of a struggle. He was under duress for most of the first half and into the third quarter as well. And he had to be tough mentally in particular because you know how it is when your quarterback's getting hit and he's on the ground a lot. It just takes its toll, obviously physically, but mentally as well. And I really thought Wilson stayed in the game. Uh, you know, we know what he is. He's a twitchy athlete. He's got light feet. He's got a quick setup. He's very good with his delivery off movement. 
He's a natural thrower with a live, loose arm. And I thought all these traits started to show up. And there were a couple of plays in particular that I thought really showed some real positives. He actually hit Corey Davis on a 35-yarder, Ross, in the second quarter. And it was his first long yardage drop back of the game. It was second and long in which the Panthers did not disguise their fronts and their coverage. And they just showed a conventional four-man front, and they just played cover three. And Wilson immediately recognized it, and he actually moved the underneath defender with a little bit of a shoulder roll in his eyes and then hit Corey Davis behind that. And it just was it was a veteran play. And it was just one play in the game. It was 35 yards. But, but I thought overall Wilson played well. Now, he had some snaps where he didn't see things. But to me, that's to be expected of a rookie quarterback in his first start. I don't view that as, oh, my God, he can't play. That's to be expected. You know, the one point you make that I think is really interesting, he had a really good O-line at BYU last year. Yes. You know, I mean, they had, they had a bunch of pros on that line. That makes a difference, too. I, he's probably not used to getting beat up like he was no. on Sunday. He kept playing, though, man. And no. um, I saw this morning already, Orlovsky posted a throw. He got crushed as he was thrown down the left sideline and made an awesome throw. Yeah, I know the throw you're talking about. He he made a couple of big-time throws later in the game. Uh, obviously, they made it a closer game, but uh, uh, he, I thought he really uh, showed well. I mean, he was under duress an awful lot. And to stay in there, Ross, you know what that's like. When you're getting hit a lot, it's, it's not only the physical toughness, but it's the mental toughness. I really thought watching the TV copy, Greg, I really thought Mac Jones looked pretty good, but you're the one that actually analyzes it. Yeah, I I watched the tape. I watched it in pretty good detail. He played against a defense that's very difficult to play against. You get a lot of different front looks. You get a lot of movement before the snap. You get a lot of disguised coverages. Um, There were times where the Dolphins did not do that. Obviously, they don't do that on every single play, but uh, they did more of it as the game progressed. And I thought that uh, there's a natural poise and calmness to the way Jones plays. He looks comfortable. It's not too fast for him. What was really interesting to me, given that he wasn't under duress an awful lot at Alabama in 2020, is he trusts his protection. He delivers versus pressure without speeding up his mechanics. That's really, really important. Um, And I thought overall, you're dealing with a guy that showed a efficient movement within the pocket. He's not a great athlete. He's not going to run around, but he must move within the pocket. I thought he managed the pocket really effectively. I think he has an innate feel for what's pressure and what's not pressure in the NFL. And there's a big difference. You know, a lot of, uh, you see a lot of these reports, people say, you know, throws under pressure. And I don't know what they mean by that. Some of them say, well, if a defender's two yards away from a quarterback, that doesn't automatically mean he's under pressure, Ross. Bodies around a quarterback are not automatically pressure in the NFL. You know that. You played the offensive line. And I thought Jones had a very innate, intuitive feel for what's pressure and what's not pressure. You know, it's funny that you say that, Greg, because the next game I want to get to is the Eagles and the Niners. Yep. And Obviously, I think Jalen Hurts played very well. He did. If I'm nitpicking, Greg, my one critique is there were multiple times where if he just stepped up in the pocket, 
he was still perfectly protected, but he's got a little bit of that instinct to back out and go to the right, back into the right. <clears throat> and he's good at it, and he's athletic, and he can get out there and either make a throw or throw it away. But the one thing I like when quarterbacks do is they realize, okay, there's some bodies around me, but a lot of times, Greg, you're good. Even if there's bodies around you, you're good if you step up. There's usually yeah. three guys up there blocking two, and they're keeping it strong. And there was a couple times I thought, oh, Jalen, just step up, dude. So what did you see from him? And you made a great point, by the way, and I'll tell you exactly what I typed because you know I take really copious notes when I watch these games. These games, But pressure is a relative term. Pressure is not quantitative uh, where it's just it, it, it's a number. You can't just say, oh, if there's someone two yards away, well, that's pressure. That's It's not like that. So here's, here's what I wrote with – first of all, Hertz played extremely well. Let's put that out there. And by the way, the coaching staff did an unbelievably good job allowing him to settle into the game. They started with two bubble screens. Then this third play was an RPO concept, which is a one-read throw. The fourth play was a zone-read run. They let him settle into the game, and it was all throws where there was not going to be any pressure. But the point I made, because there always are plays where you, you have to have deeper drops in every game, and I made the point that one area he needs to continue to improve is trusting his protection. There were snaps in which a blitzer was accounted for, but the flash of pressure caused him to break down and move. And when I say the flash of pressure, it's not pressure, it's just the, pla- the flash of an opposing jersey color. And every once in a while, the deeper drops do expose the tendency you spoke about, his tendency to break down in the pocket. And often the result of that is you leave some throws on the field. Now, these are things that they'll continue to work on this game against the Falcons because the Eagles O-line and D-line in particular were so dominant. The game didn't play out where there were a lot of those kinds of plays. But those are the little things that coaches have to keep working on to get Hurts continuing to improve. Don't forget, it was his fifth NFL start. It's a really good point. Um, what about the Niners on the other side and, and what the challenge will be for the Eagles defense? Well, the Eagles defense is played exceptionally well, and we're seeing a trend in the league, Ross, with, and the Eagles did it, and I'm sure that's a, a foundation of what Jonathan Gannon, their D.C., will do. And I know you spoke with him during the uh, preseason doing the games, but so many more teams are lining up with five-man fronts, five-man reduced fronts. That's become a big trend in the league. So if they do it in base, they put their Sam linebacker on the ball. Teams are doing it in in nickel as well and lining up with five guys, you know, to basically force one-on-one protection. Um, but this 49ers offense is, is so much fun to watch because they marry the run game and the pass game about as well as anybody. That's Kyle Shanahan's thing. And as you know, he puts second-level defenders in such conflict when they have both a run and a pass coverage responsibility in zone because their run game, their their play-action run game, their run looks, and then the throws off of it look exactly the same. And it's very, very difficult for second-level defenders. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, He does as good a job as anybody I'll be very curious to watch that game. Also curious, um, Denver against the Jags. What did you see in particular, I guess? I'm curious about Trevor Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I thought, again, I thought he played well too. I mean, 
what what is it that you exactly don't want for your rookie quarterback in his first start to drop back more than 50 times that's absolutely what you don't want the game demanded that that happen and again he was under duress a good part of the game this old line which has been together for i think 2 3 years they're not very good in pass protection ross and that's something they're going to have to address uh, but certainly they do not want him dropping back 50 times but i thought just like zach wilson he hung in there he made some big time throws from the pocket his feet are a little lighter than than people might think within the pocket he made a, a Third and 17 throw to DJ Chark, which really said a lot about Trevor Lawrence. Now, he threw a couple of picks. The last pick was just bad. I, I Only he could tell you what he saw. But the first two were not bad, bad picks. Um, it was just an inaccurate throw on the first one on the move. And the second one was against cover two, which Lovey Smith played a ton of in this game. We know he's a cover two guy. Probably played even more of it than usual because of the score. But that second pick, I just thought Lawrence did not think that that corner would sink as deep as he did because normally the corner in cover two does not sink that deep, uh, retreat that far. But I thought Lawrence played well. Now, again, he's got some things to clean up. We're not not saying they don't, just like Zach Wilson does. Um, But overall, the mental and physical toughness both Wilson and Lawrence showed in difficult circumstances, I thought really shined through. Let's talk Rams and Colts. You got two new quarterbacks in yeah. new places, Stafford in L.A., Wentz in Indy. What did you see from those guys? What are you thinking for this game? Well, let's start with Wentz. First of all, they couldn't run the ball well at all against Seattle. And Seattle's defense is totally different, too. I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. Uh, and I thought Wentz was was okay. I mean, it was an odd game for me with Wentz. I don't sense there's a rhythm to his game. I think he's an individual play type player. Um, he still misses some throws with ball placement that he has to hit. He wasn't bad in this game. Even some completions, the ball location needs to be better to allow more run after catch. So he certainly was not bad, but I, I think they need their run game to be the starting point of their offense. Stafford, on the other hand, he, well, first of all, we all know he's a big time thrower, one of the best in the league, has been for years. He's now in an offense that I think really plays well to what he is. That long touchdown he hit on his second throw to Jefferson, that's exactly what Sean McVay wants. Sean McVay wants to have the ability off his normal play action pass game at the intermediate level. He wants to have the ability to add the deeper balls off that particularly play action boot. And on that play, Stafford booted left. And he didn't really have that with Goff. Goff does not have that kind of arm. It's why they have Deshaun Jackson. It's why they, they drafted Tutu Atwell. Now, obviously this one was to Jefferson, but this is an element of their offense that they really want to have that I don't believe they felt they had with Jared Goff. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. What about the game I'm going to be calling, Greg? It's Sunday night football. It's the Chiefs and the Ravens. Anything interest you or jump out about the Chiefs or the Ravens offensively or defensively? Well, we know what the Chiefs are. I I, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time right now talking about the uh, the Chiefs offense. We know what they are. We know Mahomes is great, and we know they've got weapons with Kelsey and Hill. And, and I think you're going to see some of these other receivers – emerge they might not be volume targets but I think Byron Pringle's a very interesting player Um, the key thing is I think offensively for the Ravens what they're going to look like this season because we know they've been built for these last couple of years 
on the run game with the quarterback as the foundation of the run game. They're the only team in the NFL whose offense is built like that. In this game on, on Monday night, Lamar had 35 throws. Um, I don't know if they want to do that in, in a normal game. Um, and I'm very anxious to see the development of the passing game, which is not just Lamar. It's the passing game as a whole. They also had some really nice concepts, too, against zone. Some really strong cover three type beaters. They did some good things. So I'm really anxious to see their development. Now, these two teams played last year, by the way, and it was early in the season, week three. And Steve Spagnola just ate up this offense. A lot of pressure, a lot of cover one, played zero, 10 snaps against the Ravens. That's an awful lot of snaps. There are teams that won't play zero, uh, cover zero with blitz 10 times throughout the entire season. Yeah, boy, that's a good point. I'll be curious to see that. That it does seem like a lot of throws for Lamar Jackson. The last one I wanted to ask you about, Greg, because they stood out for different reasons: the Titans and the Seahawks. Yeah. Titans not real good. Seahawks got off to a good start. Well, Seahawks offense is totally different because Shane Waldron's the OC and he came from the Rams. So there's a ton of now of new principles, which I think will really help. Russell Wilson. You can see the the jet sweep action. You can see the conventional play action, the, the play action boot. I think it will define reads and throws quicker. That's what this offense does. And it wouldn't surprise me if you see Wilson appear to be a more structured, disciplined player and run less. It would That would not surprise me. Um, on the other side, the Titans came out and they, they played Titans football. They just couldn't run the ball. They just their O line just got manhandled. But they came out and do what they do every game. They gave it to Henry out of base personnel groupings. They just couldn't run the ball, and their defense was not very good. So all of a sudden they were down. So the game got away from them, and they could no longer play Titans football. But we know what they want to be. They just could not execute it this past week. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, they they really struggled up. I mean, Chandler Jones five sacks. I. Nothing gets me more frustrated than that, Greg. To me, well, that's like a that's yeah. a huge coaching mistake. That should never happen. That should well, never happen that a guy gets five sacks. Well, the first play of the game was just their outside zone run, and Chandler Jones just killed Taylor Lewan with quickness on an inside move and tackled Henry for a three-yard loss, and that set the tempo for the entire game. It really, really did. Greg, terrific stuff as always. Love it. Can't wait for next week. Check him out on social so you know everything Greg's up to at Greg Cosell. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. I appreciate Greg, and I appreciate keeps. Guys, I'm telling you, if I can give you one piece of advice, this is Ross talking. Start before you think you need to start. By the time you see hair loss, you've lost 50% of the hair follicles in that area. Trust me, I know. I've talked to doctors about this. Take the two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Do it. They're FDA-approved. Scientific evidence that they can keep the hair you have. I used to go to the doctor, get a prescription for the pill, have to go to the pharmacy to pick it up. I'd also go to the pharmacy or like Costco or something to get the topical solution. You can get them both shipped right to your house. I've been doing it for years now. This is maybe my one of my favorite advertisers because it's kept my hair. I look, still looks pretty good on TV. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, 
Go to keeps.com slash Ross to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Ross to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash Ross. I'm just telling you, I've got family members. I've got friends. I now tell them one-on-one individually because I know they're kind of thinking about it, but they've never. No, no, no. Do it. Keeps.com slash Ross. Takes. Morning, Ross. Let's start with Cowboys. Defensive end Demarcus Lawrence breaks his foot in practice yesterday. Looks like he's going to miss at least eight weeks after undergoing surgery. Cowboys have had a rough start to the season, Bri. I mean, between Dak during camp and then, you know, Zach Martin, COVID issues, Lyle Collins suspended, Gallup. Now they lose their best defensive lineman by far. They're going to have to have Micah Parsons probably rush off the edge a lot to try to generate any pressure now. It's a, ba- it's a bad start for the Cowboys, which looks promising the way Dak played in the first game. Takes. <clears throat> More injury news this time with the Raiders. Defensive tackle Gerald McCoy done for the season with a knee injury, so the team signs Damian Square. Damian Square has been around. I mean, Damian Square is a good player. He's like a he's like a journeyman D lineman, and the Raiders just needed a a veteran body in there. I'm surprised that you know if you look, Gerald McCoy's got a little juice to him. I'm surprised people don't they might not have watched Ty McGill from the Eagles in preseason. Ty made a bunch of plays. Ducks takes. Lions need some wide receiver help, so they signed former Packer Geronimo Allison. That is one of the best names in the NFL. Geronimo. Now, Bright. Geronimo is the name of somebody's horse, right? The name of the horse? What is Geronimo? It's I like thought Geronimo a TV was show uh, or a, movie. a Native American figure. I don't know the history, though. It's a Native American figure. I thought Geronimo was the Native American's horse. I don't know. I don't know either. You know what I do know, Bri? We'll be getting some tweets. I'm sure we will. At Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. I, I, I mean, we could just Google it right now, but I I know it's like, Geronimo! I thought it was the horse, but maybe it's the Native American himself from whatever TV show that was from. No, I think it's Isn't a historical figure, not a not a TV show. Oh, Geronimo was a real person? I believe so. I thought it was from like a cowboy TV show back in the day. I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. So that that's all you had to say? That's where you wanted to go with the Lions signing him? Yeah, pretty much. I don't have anything else to say about Jeremy Allison as a okay. football player. I just, the name is awesome. All right. Ducks takes. Uh, got a game tonight. It's Thursday. NFC East battle. Washington football team hosts the New York Giants. Who do you like? Who you got? And why? You know what I like? I like that there's a game on tonight. You know what I don't like? People that are already complaining that it's not, you know, the most exciting matchup. Will you just be quiet? I want people to pump the brakes on any complaining about football. Week two, primetime standalone game. Pump the Duralast elite brake pads, if you will. 
available exclusively at AutoZone. We all know Duralast parts are proven tough. They literally named the company Duralast, like durable, built to last. You get it? Well, these Duralast Elite, they're three times longer than a typical Duralast pad. That is good news, especially if you find yourself in a lot of stop-and-go traffic, you city slickers, or if you typically drive with heavier loads in your car, probably some of you country folk. Uh, I'm just adding, I'm just like ad-libbing here as I go. They got a hex pattern, no idea what that is, but mm, that sounds good. I'll have two. Keeps them performing longer. It all means you'll have safer, smoother, and quieter stops. The future of stopping starts with Duralast Elite brake pads. Only at AutoZone. Only at AutoZone. So stop complaining that there's a game tonight, please. Toss up game, Bry. I guess I'll go Washington. I kind of like Heineke. Um, I kind of enjoy watching him play. So I'll go Washington. And I think it's a close, low-scoring game. 20-17. to 17, Heineke makes one more play than Daniel Jones, which is probably sad for Giants fans. But 20-17, to 17, Washington. Let's do a quick email. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address is ross at rostucker.com. And here's the deal. I'm really low on emails. So when you send me a sponsor confirmation, any of them, Keeps, Duralast, AutoZone, whatever, LinkedIn, PixWise, when you send me any sponsor confirmation, go ahead and ask me a question because I'm we're really low on questions. I think this might be my last one. Maybe I've got one more. Ross at RossTucker.com. So you can win a Madden and ask me a question that I answer right here on the show. All right. Today's question from Scotty from Colorado Springs, who finally just joined up with Tuckheads. Looking forward to getting those even money picks. His question, uh, Dan Patrick has the incomparable booker Fritzy to do his show's booking. Ross, how do you book your guests? Who books your guests and the process around that and confirming times and stuff like that? Again, that's from Scotty. You know, Scotty, we are still a small mom-and-pop operation. And by mom-and-pop, I mean Ross and Brian. So I book the guests. And I book the guests by texting them, usually. Or if I don't have their cell phone number, I'll try to DM them on Twitter. But that's it. I think of people that I'd like to bring on. I text Ryan Fitzpatrick or I text Usechek or whoever and bring them on. Uh, you know, that's one area I think we can probably improve, get, you know, bigger name guests. But I like people that I know are going to say things, people I know personally, and that they'll say things I think are interesting more than just trying to go for the best names. You guys can tell me if you'd just rather have bigger names. I just like people that I know personally enough that I know they're going to say something that's somewhat interesting. Shout outs, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com. Absolutely check out the Feast, Even Money, College Draft. And tomorrow, I will recap Thursday Night Football and give you all of my picks for every game, week number two in the National Football League. I think we're done here. 
Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.